one that is mighty to save. Some of us don't realise that we need saving. You need saving from yourselves. I was the master of my own disaster. I needed saving from myself, but I also needed saving from the coming wrath of God, which I didn't know was looming, because I was a decent bloke, a reasonably decent bloke, and when I died, God would be reasonably pleased to see me. (laughs) That was my theology. And there's many in the church today who are reasonably decent people. When you listen to the testimonies there, Chris cried. Colin cried. When I gave my life to the Lord, when I asked him to forgive me, I sobbed. A friend of mine came to me the other day who I've been witnessing to and he said, Oh, said I'd give me life to the Lord. And my heart sank because the way he said it, it was like he'd done God a favour. <laughs> and it didn't last. And he's in a bigger pickle now than he was before. But I love testimonies because it was through testimonies 15 years ago that I was introduced to a God who actually wants to have something to do with us, which staggers me. Because I know me. I don't want that to do with me. Isaiah 1.18 says, Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Who would have thought that God were reasonable? Who would have thought that God would want to reason with you? Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red as crimson, they shall be like wool, if you're willing and obedient. God is reasonable and wants to reason with us. And I love testimonies. And I, I collect testimonies on CDs. I used to collect them on cassettes. And the, the nastier the better. You know, the nastier the better. But I was a reasonable bloke and I didn't, you know, need to worry, did I? And I used to hand out these testimonies. The Chrises and the Collins of this world. And I used to um, witness to lads in work. I was a printer for many years, 30 years a printer, man and boy. And uh, I got um, uh, reprimanded for witnessing to a lad in work who'd been messing about with the occult. And uh, I prayed for him in work and he, he had a nervous breakdown. But he physically attacked me, and went off on the sick, and I got dragged in front of the office, in front of the boss, and was railroaded for you know, preaching in the workplace. Uh, But I railroaded my boss back and challenged him on where he stood with God. And when he was driving home that night, the Lord turned up in his car and he nearly crashed the car. And when I went in work the next day, he was waiting for me in the car park at five o'clock in the morning and I thought, this is Sid's last day at at work. (laughs) Because he's not usually in until nine. And he said... The boss who was reprimanding me for witnessing the night before said, Sid, tell me what happened to me last night. And I looked in his eyes and I says, you met God. He said, I did and I don't know how I didn't crash the car. He says, I'll never reprimand you again. Carry on witnessing. I'll... It's real, you know, it's real, it's real, I believe it. And I give him a, I give him a cassette. I said, he was passing, he was, 
boss, he looked harassed this day and he was passing my press. And I just slipped him a cassette. I said, listen to that. He said, oh, I'm going. He lived in Wales. He said, I've got a whiz to Wales. It's my daughter's school fun day and I've got to get back. My wife will kill me if I don't get back for that race my daughter's in. And he listened to the cassette on the way down into Wales. Seen him the next day. I said, Dave, did you listen to the cassette? Oh, Sid, he said I did. I did, it was fantastic. He said, the testimony was amazing. He said, and when I got to the school, he hadn't finished. And I wouldn't get out of the car because I had to listen to the end. And I knew my wife was going to kill me. I knew I'd miss my daughter's race. What a story of that. What a story. He said, and Sid, I got out of the car and I trudged over the field with my head hanging low, waiting to get an ear bashing. And guess what, Sid? The only race to get delayed was my daughter's. And I watched my daughter race. God is mindful of you. God is mindful of you. Are you mindful of him tonight? Come near to God. In the book of James. Come near to God. And he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Come near to God. Come near to God, and he'll come near to you. What a bargain. But it requires you to come near to him. Come, let us reason together, says the Lord. He wants to reason with you. I was a reasonably decent bloke that God would be reasonably pleased to see when I kicked the bucket. And kick the bucket I will. But I don't fear that anymore. I don't fear it. I had that opportunity because of men who loved the Lord, who had come near to him, who witnessed to me and gave me that opportunity to get right with God. Get right with God. Getting right with God is a gift. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, It's not by deeds that we should boast. It is by faith alone that we are saved. And this is not anything that we can boast of. So me standing in front of God and boasting that I was a reasonably decent bloke wouldn't do any good. It wouldn't do any good. Because this gift that's free cost. The gift that's free cost. A cost that I'm not prepared to pay and can't comprehend if I'm being honest. In our clubhouse we have a, a cross on the wall and we have some pretty big nails that would hold a man onto that cross. But about this long, a price was paid so that this gift which is free could be received. You know, when I meet many people who say to me, Sid, I just don't believe. Well, do you know what I didn't believe? Well, I believed I was a reasonably decent bloke. But when I look back on my life, I'd broken eight of the Ten Commandments. 
I won't tell you which eight. But he knew. And that was me thinking I was a reasonably decent bloke. I would never have made a good, good Anglican, would I? Maybe a Methodist. <laughs> Come, let us reason together, says the Lord. For it is by grace that you've been saved through faith. And this not from yourselves, it is a gift from God. And not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared for us in advance to do. God had a lot of things prepared for Colin. But he had to come to that place where he repented of those 33 years. Not all his fault. Colin was a victim. Chris was a victim. I write tracks for CMA. And this one's called Broken. It's fair to say that Colin was broken, that Chris was broken. I was broken. I was a reasonably decent bloke. I was broken. This tract talks about a broken engine. A Yamaha V-twin engine, to be precise. And it says that it was designed to propel a motorcycle and a rider at a fur rate of knots. But through damage and neglect and a lack of service, it ended up broken. And it's not performing the way its creator, Yamaha, intended. And unless it's placed back into the hands of its creator, Yamaha, it'll never function the way those little Japanese engineers intended it to function. It will remain broken. If Chris hadn't responded that night, he would be broken still. If Colin had not responded tonight, that night, he would still be broken. Probably smashed to bits by now. Maybe dead. Well, that's not the end. Death is the beginning. Life is the tip of the iceberg. It's the tip of the iceberg. There is an eternity waiting for you, whether you like it or not. A lot of people say to me, Sid, I just don't believe. You know, saying that is not an excuse. Saying I don't believe is not an excuse. And it doesn't change a thing. You know, a couple of hundred years ago, people used to say the earth was flat. But it didn't make a damn difference. It was still round. <laughs> what you believe makes no difference. What you believe makes no difference. You can see it until your face is blue. God is as real as you and me. And there is a day being appointed when you'll stand before him. Oh, listen to this. Listen to this. Quite frightening, isn't it? I'm frightened of all, isn't it? Not anymore, but what? Submit to God and be at peace with him. That's from the book of Job. Submit to God and be at peace with him. But listen to this a bit later on in Job 38. The Lord says to Job, brace yourself like a man. I will ask questions of you and you will answer me. One day we'll all stand there and you're going to have to brace yourself. But Lord, I'm a reasonably decent bloke. Just step aside and let me in. It's not by deeds. It's you so boast. It's by faith alone that you are saved. Coming to church for 30 years as a good Anglican or a Methodist won't wash with God. It's not your attendance or the register he'll be looking at. 
It's your heart. It's your heart. Have you ever said to the Lord, I'm sorry? Lord, it's me, forgive me. We live in a broken world and I guarantee no matter how decent you are, you'll be broken in some form or another. But God wants to reason with you. He wants you to put yourselves back into his hands so he can rebuild you. Because he's got stuff for you to do. It might be leading a bike at church. Or it might just be stopping you trying to throttle your neighbour. He wants to restore you. He wants to restore you. He says, to some who are confident of their own righteousness and look down on everybody else. Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray. One a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood up and prayed about himself. God, I thank you that I am not like other men. A reasonably decent bloke. No, he doesn't say that. I thank you that I am not like other men, robbers and evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector over here. I fast twice a week and I give a tenth of all I got. But you know, the tax collector stood at a distance. He wouldn't even look up to heaven. He beat his breast and he said, God have mercy upon me, a sinner. God have mercy upon me, a sinner. I tell you, Jesus said, I tell you, this man, rather than the other, went on justified before God. Let me ask you a question tonight. When you leave this building tonight, are you going on right with God? Are you at peace with him? He says, these things are written that you may know you have eternal life. Do you know that you have eternal life? Because it's knowing that brings peace. The joy of salvation. Trust me, this world's broken. If you don't believe me, switch Sky News on when you get in. It's turning itself apart. Our economy is imploding. They're not trying to rescue their economy. They're trying to stop it slowly collapsing. So we are in a broken world. And living in a broken world, you'll be broken. But you know, the God that created it never meant it to be like this. And one day he'll come back and he'll fix it. And he's looking for people that are willing to say, God have mercy on me, a sinner. Come and get right with me. Come and be at peace with me. Go home tonight justified. Go home at peace with him. Because tomorrow never comes. For some. Nineteen years ago, the only thing I did religiously was go to the pub on a Friday night. We'd take it in turns to drive. My mate turned up in his car. We picked up a friend of mine who just had a baby. We'll go out and wet the baby's head. He was a big lad. Stocky lad. Landscape gardener. Ford Capri. He said, sit down, never get in the back of that thing. You get in the back. I got in the back. Dave got in the front. We took the mickey out of the Capri. We took the mickey out of my cartini. We took the mickey out of his Capri. Next week we'll take the mickey. We were just young lads having a laugh. And we zoomed off. We overtook a car on a blind bend. We hit a car coming the other way. And Dave was killed instantly and propelled into an eternity he didn't know 
wasn't prepared for. And he's just taken. Life is so fragile, isn't it? Life is fragile. And yet, I think that just happens to other people. And I, rem- I think of Dave, and I, I asked myself, you know, when he looked in the mirror and he shaved that morning, and he rinsed his face and he looked for himself as he dried his face, did he know? Of course he didn't know, it was his last day. This is the day the Lord's made. This is the day to be at peace with him. That's the start of a restoration. You know, I know guys that restore motorcycles. They do a wonderful job. And some of these motorcycles will last a lot longer than we will. They're placed back into the hands of the maker and restored lovingly. That's exactly what God wants for us. He wants to restore us a little bit at a time. He wants you to be at peace with him. Let's close our eyes and bow our heads now as we close. Just repeat this simple prayer after me. Lord, have mercy upon me, a sinner. Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you for the opportunity, Lord, to get right with you tonight. We thank you for the testimonies that we've heard. We thank you, Lord, for your word, which is eternal and a light unto our feet. We thank you for Tim, the vicar of this church, that has allowed us to come in here tonight and share our lives, our God, and your word that gives us an eternal hope. We thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, that came to set men free. We thank you, Lord, that you are a God who wants to have mercy upon us. We thank you, Lord, that you are a God who wants to reason with us. We thank you, Lord, that you are a God who would allow us to draw near to you. But that's only when we bow our heads and humble ourselves and say, Lord, have mercy upon me, a sinner. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Now, as the band come up and close with a, a 